We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hi! Welcome into a very special edition of Fantasy Football Sunday. I am your host, Steven Serta. Football back! We couldn't wait till Sunday. We couldn't wait till 9 a.m. on Sunday to get something on the air. So we had to update you on some fantasy advice. Headed into the season opener, Packers Bears. My guy, Dusty Likens. My guy, sitting in with me today. We've got some cool stuff coming for you guys in terms of fantasy content that'll be a part of the 435 Podcast Network. We're still working on it. So we want to get something up this week because it is opening week of the NFL That's season. Hard. Can't wait. Super excited, of course. As I know, my guy Dusty is. You can hear Dusty every Saturday on 610 Sports Radio from 12 to 3. Unless K-State plays and they take over. Yeah. That's all right. Which... That's probably going to start happening a lot. <laughs> like every out. Saturday, <laughs> yeah. including this Saturday coming up. So, but so, but we're really excited to talk about fantasy. We both play a lot of fantasy football. Uh, maybe you heard me last season on Fantasy Football Sunday, which does start up this Sunday at nine a.m. So make sure you are locked into that. We wanted to get you guys something early because we know there's still if you still got fantasy drafts. I'm impressed because I've talked to a few people this week that wait until the absolute last minute, and that probably worked out in your benefit, especially if you were going after Ezekiel Elliott, who just signed today. He got $50 million guaranteed from the Dallas Cowboys, a six-year extension, $90 million overall, ties him to the team for the next eight years, and he was indeed at practice. This might have screwed a lot of people. Like, Hopefully it screwed my friend Joe Summers, who sniped. Tony Pollard from me in a draft on Tony Saturday P. night. Yep. So, Dusty, I'm curious because everybody, Tony Pollard's a guy who was shooting up draft boards, obviously, because people are right. scared of Zeke. Zeke was falling down draft boards. In some instances, I saw Zeke going in the second round. I took him number seven overall in a draft over the weekend because I, I couldn't pass him up. He's too special of a player. And I was doing it in full faith that he was going to sign and show up. And he did that for me. Thank the Lord. I can't wait for that. But now, I'm curious about Tony Pollard because we're we're wondering how's he gonna how's he gonna be deployed? Is he in game shape? He's been working out in Cabo. He still looks like he's in incredible shape. And with Zeke, at least for me, of course you're starting him. You're still deploying him, right? Like like Tony Pollard, for me, if I if I have Zeke, of course I'm playing him. But if I just took Tony Pollard as kind of a flyer guy, I was hoping Zeke was going to miss games this season and Tony Pollard was going to step right into that role. I don't think I'm playing him. And, and if you still have a draft, if you still took it up down to the wire like this, I don't think you can draft Tony Pollard unless it's like your second to last round is a handcuff. Yeah, Tony Pollard was the, uh, what do you call it, the James Conner effect? A lot of people didn't know if like Le'Veon Bell was going to come around, so some people took Le'Veon Bell last year, got completely burned on the Le'Veon Bell situation, and then the people that took James Conner later on the draft, like me, um, it worked out for you. So this year, 
the carryover effect was Tony Pollard's the backup. People don't even know who Tony Pollard is. They just knew that if it wasn't going to be Zeke, it was going to be somebody, and it sure as hell wasn't going to be Alfred Morris. Um, Tony Pollard, if he's on your bench, I would suggest you get rid of him just because you could probably find another roster spot, especially early in the season. I know in some leagues, uh, Jameis Winston is still there. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have two quarterbacks on their roster because they think that's ridiculous. But Tony Pollard, I don't think is going to get a lot of time as we go to the terminology of fantasy football. Zeke's a bell cow, man. Like Zeke's going to get the ball. He's going to get 25, 30 touches a game in the passing game or in the running game. I'm not sure how good Dallas's defense is. So I also see like Dallas, like not being ahead a lot of games. And if they are, they're going to run it. And when they're behind, they're going to throw it. And they've got, uh, Amari Cooper and they've got Zeke Elliott. And I guess, uh, your guy, Jason Witten's out of the booth and back on the field, but I don't see him getting a ton of targets this year. But yeah, Zeke Elliott, uh, <laughs> my guy. I mean, you both have done play-by-play and color commentary. Both kind of sound the same way when it comes to skill level. <laughs> Hashtag UCM bas- or UMKC basketball tournament. But, uh, no, I think it's interesting. I think uh, I, I, I praise those that thought about looking ahead and drafting Tony Pollard as a good, solid backup or replacement for Zeke, not knowing what Zeke was going to do. For those of people that are just now having their NFL fantasy drafts, that's insane. But uh, I know a guy in our league, a friend of mine, he drafted Zeke. Like you said, he had the sixth overall pick and took Zeke and just said, I can't pass it up. He's too big of a superstar. I think he'll play. If he's practicing today, he's in shape. He's ready to go, and he's going to play. Yeah. Big and, numbers. And he's his workload is kind of the running backs of pass type of workload. Correct. Like You just don't see running backs that get consistently the amount of carries that he does, consistently the amount of yards, the amount of snaps. Like, he is a legitimate workhorse like we saw, you know, in the early 90s, late 2000s. Like, those type of running backs. Like, Zeke is genuinely that type of player because now we see so many teams like the Eagles where, you know, they might have a talented young running back in Miles Sanders, but they still have 15 running backs on the roster. And we have no idea who's going to get the bulk of the work based on the hot hand. Chiefs are another team that are starting to do that. Yeah. Add. I got pretty pissed off over the weekend because I had a fantasy football draft. You do it too? And Darwin. Literally 20 minutes <laughs> after. And this is a live in-person draft. You know, we got the board. We got everything. We got drinks. Oh, yeah. We're at a bar. You know, we're getting drunk. Scroll line. And I reached on Darwin Thompson because I liked my, I liked my running back depth at the top. I didn't love my wide receiver depth, but there was no wide receivers that I loved in that particular situation. So I was like, screw it. I'm taking Darwin Thompson because I think he's the best running back on the Chiefs roster. And then like 20 minutes later, Adam Schefter tweeted that the Chiefs were going to sign 32-year-old LaShawn McCoy, which makes a lot of sense. Familiarity with the system. Andy Reid, we know he loves his running backs. We know Mm -hmm. he likes LaShawn McCoy a lot. They've had a good relationship over the years, even though Andy hasn't been in Philly in, in a long time. He's going to have a role on this offense, as Andy actually verified this week during his press conference. He said LaShawn McCoy's going to play. They're going to see what they have in him, and they want to see how they can try to mix him into the offense. So we don't know what type of role any running back is going to have for the Chiefs right now. I mean, Damian Williams is still going to be the starter, I would assume, but headed into a very tough matchup this week against a very physical Jacksonville front. If Damian Williams struggles at all and LaShawn McCoy comes in and has a couple explosive plays, that second-round pick that I told all of you months ago not to spend on Damian Williams, even before you had to worry about a guy like this, 
Like that could look like a pretty bad pick by the second half of Sunday's game. Yeah, especially when Damian doesn't really have the track record as being that guy that's been there for the full season. So you look at this from two different standpoints. One is you saw the preseason, you saw last year's end of the season for the Chiefs, and you thought, holy cow, Damian Williams, i got to have this guy, I'm going to put this guy on my team, the Chiefs offense is going to put up 40 points a game. That's a stretch. They'll average a little bit less than that, obviously. But the other thing that makes me think about this is if you remember the Arizona Cardinals, I think it was a couple years ago, when they had Chris Johnson, David Johnson, and uh, they had another guy in there. I want to know. I want to say it was like a Williams. Andre Ellington. Andre Ellington. That's what this kind of reminds me of when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if you want to pick and point who people are, I might be high as hell when I say this, but I think that Darwin Thompson could be David Johnson. Nobody knew who David Johnson was. He was at the University of Northern Iowa. You didn't really think about anything other than that. Chris Johnson was the former 2,000-yard rusher, a.k.a. LaShawn McCoy, and Andre Ellington was kind of the journeyman that kind of had a little bit of starts here, a little bit of surprise, but they had a three-back set, and by the end of the year, it was David Johnson's job, and then unfortunately, the year after, David Johnson would get injured, and now we're back to David Johnson, hopefully of new. Um, But man, I still think, I took Darwin Thompson too. I took him late. I didn't really stretch on Darwin Thompson, but I still think in this offense, you have two running backs, one at the end of his career, the other one that's finally kind of getting his shot after being on the, no pun intended, the sidelines for a lot of his career. And then you have Darwin Thompson, who has just absolutely been praised by every single person in the Kansas City media, the entire uh, spring training is not the right word, but the entire preseason for the NFL. And I'm telling you, with Andy Reid, he does a running back by committee, but he also leans towards favorites that are popping at the time. And I'm like you. I'm a little P.O. that Darwin Thompson's got competition now. Andy lost number 25 that was given to him by another 25, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is kind of just, like, ridiculous. I don't know what the hell that's about. Like, Jamal Charles gives him his blessing to wear his number. LaShawn McCoy just gets to come in and take his number. Like, how after shady. He rolled, after he rolled through training camp with that all, all, all August. How are you supposed to go from 25 to 34? 34 sucks. That was Larry Johnson's first number, and then he changed to 27 and balled out. How are you going to give somebody 25 in their blessing? And then here comes a guy whose literally nickname is Shady, pulls one of the most shady moves you can pull and be like, hey, bro, um, so the 25 yeah. thing, yeah. But, I mean, again, Darwin Thompson, nowhere should be a starting guy for the first three or four weeks. Look and see how they use McCoy and uh, Damian Williams, and it's going to be a popularity contest. Who does what and how well they do it. But I like both. If you have either one, play them both. And I think it's it, it gets overlooked that I don't think Andy loves – starting rookie running backs I like yeah. pe- people just fall into the uh well kareem hunt was a leading rusher as a rookie kareem hunt wasn't supposed to be the starter on that team it was supposed to be spencer Ware. spencer Ware got hurt was down for the year kareem hunt was the best option after right. that but even down the stretch of that season we saw him go on passing downs who kareem proved that he was a more than serviceable pass catching running back yeah. andy would go at points down the stretch he would put Charkandrick West in instead. And I don't know if it's because he had more faith in Charkandrick West to you know, pick up his blocks, to run his routes or whatever, but we've kind of seen this with Andy before. And so I don't think that it hurts Darwin Thompson's value. Like I still think there's value with him because I think he's a talented player. Uh, I don't really want to make that David Johnson comparison. I saw some people yeah. pointing that out on yeah. Twitter. Because, uh, I mean, they're not the same profile like Dar- darwin Utah is a, state northern Dar- iowa I mean, Dar- but darwin's a little bit smaller than that i know darwin's thick i know he's uh no, he's, he's a he's a like small compact 
200, 205. He's like, an outside he's, quick, too. He's like a, he is an impressive athlete, but I'm not ready to make that because David Johnson, you could see flashes of David Johnson in his mm-hmm. rookie season. Like, You're like, that this guy gets that, it. That dude's special if that dude get, gets a lot of work. For sure. And so I just don't think that the Chiefs are ready to commit that to Darwin Thompson. I don't think that they're questioning his talent. I still think that he's value. I'm still rostering him in the only league that I own him in. Those happen to be pretty big rosters, so it's easier for me to keep him there. Sure. I understand if you know you only got a 14-man roster, 15-man roster, you got to drop him. I think he is droppable right now in a lot of leagues. I would rather hang on to him and drop some other people. Like you know, we saw a Carlos Hyde oh, no. get traded to Houston over the weekend. You know, shout out Brett Veach. Actually making some moves. I don't think he had to get Turning Andy's. Into something. Yeah, he he didn't have to get Andy's permission for that one. Yeah, get him out of here, so, man. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know, need that guy. They actually they, they yeah. got an interesting piece of return. They got a third round, uh, you know, a third round, Tackle, pretty right? young offensive lineman, yeah. rotational guy that Andy's probably super confident he can turn into a player. And obviously, Bill O'Brien staff never could because they're terrible, but. Brett Veach is the guy that goes into Pawn Stars with like something that you don't think is famous, and they bring in the expert to look at it, and then somehow he walks out like getting money from Rick. Like, I'm not going to give you a thousand. Hey, give me eight hundred. Nine. Yeah. No. All right. Good. See you. Hey, later. He's just like whatever. I'm just <laughs> yeah, trying to go he wins. But so the Houston Texans do now have Carlos Hyde, and they did a bunch of crazy stuff over the weekend. They got Duke of Nukem too. Um, they've got Duke Johnson, who seems like he slotted to be their starter after Lamar Miller tore his ACL. Carlos Hyde, I would assume, is going to be in the mix. I got an argument with this guy on Twitter over the weekend about you, Carlos Hyde. No way. Because, well, for some reason, there's a bunch of Carlos Hyde apologists out there who really think that Carlos Hyde still has something to offer to a team. No. It's a guy who barely averaged three yards per carry last year. He was terrible for, for my Browns. He was terrible for the Jags. And he looked terrible for the Chiefs. He in fumbled the preseason. in preseason. Well, even when he, even when he didn't fumble, when he was getting carries. With, this has been a problem with Carlos Hyde for a long time. He lacks explosion. He had a little bit of pop when he came out of college. He doesn't have that anymore because I think the injuries have taken the toll on him. I'm not saying he's out of shape, but he doesn't look like he's explosive at all anymore. No. And he doesn't really see the field. When I, when, I see, when I watch Carlos Hyde run, I watch him run straight into the line and fall over, and I see him do it over and over and over again. Yeah, and the only thing that Carlos Hyde's going to do is the only thing is he's just going to piss you off. Because he's not going to get a lot of yards. He's not going to get a lot of catches in the passing game. He's going to be the guy they're going to put in there on like second and goal, third and goal, and he's going to steal a touchdown from Duke Johnson. Hopefully by now people have evolved to the full point PPR because that's what Duke Johnson's going to be. He's going to be your pass catching back, first and second down type of back. Whereas Carlos Hyde's going to be the Thomas Jones glorified day of Thomas Jones where inside the five they're, they're probably going to try to have him busting. He's a little bit bigger than Duke, not by much. But, yeah, Carlos Hyde, I mean, if I'm anybody, I'm staying far away from Carlos Hyde. Yeah, and you should have already dropped him. Uh, but but if you did hang on to him, maybe you see some value in that. Uh, but I do like Duke Johnson's a, a lot. Like I, I like his game. I think he's been an underrated player. Um, you know, I would assume that these teams are seeing something in his running style that makes them question whether or not he can be a lead back because – that's something that continues to happen, but maybe it's just an opportunity thing. I've got Duke Johnson in a dynasty league. I've got him in a lineup. I think he's got some value in Houston's matchup this weekend with the Saints, although the Saints are a pretty good defense. And you no, know, Houston basically overhauled that entire roster, which 
This is what happens when you don't have a general manager. You get a roster overhaul a week before the season starts. Makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. But, you know, them trading for Laramie Tunsil, I think they gave up way too much for a young left tackle who's got a ton of upside. I don't know if Laramie Tunsil's going to be the best left tackle in the game in a couple of years, but he's certainly not the best left tackle in the game right now. Yeah. And the Texans have been through this before. They had Dwayne Brown who was a good left tackle. They didn't want to pay him, so they chose to trade him away. And even when they did have him, Deshaun Watson was still taking hits. So I don't think that Laramie Tunsil is going to come in and completely change that entire offense. But it's still Deshaun Watson. It's still DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they still have you know Will Fuller, Kiki Cutie are both banged up, but they're hoping they'll be healthy this weekend. And then Kenny Stills, I'm interested to see how he factors into this thing. I think he's more insurance for... Uh, Will Fuller than he is for Kiki Cutie because I think Kiki Cutie, as long as he's healthy, has that slot role on lockdown. But Kenny Stills is another guy who's got, I think he's got six touchdowns in three yeah. straight years. He's an over the top guy. Yeah, too. like he could stretch the field like Will Fuller can. So I still want a lot of parts, parts of that Houston offense. Uh, I, I just don't have a lot of faith that, that that one left tackle that they added while giving up a ton of assets is drastically going to turn them into a Super Bowl contender. But you're still going to start your names on that Houston Texans team. It's also like when they brought that guy in, like a left tackle for Deshaun Watson, that's his blind side. So, like, you normally have a good relationship with who your left tackle is. And right now, again, I don't know if the situation means anything. I don't know if, like, the timing of the trade means anything. And I agree with you. Laramie Tunzel is a great left tackle. I don't think he's one of the best left tackles in the game. Now, if they would let him wear his gas mask, they might have a different type of Laramie Tunzel on the field. But the other thing that's crazy about the Texans is, what, you're playing two Texans players? That's it? That you're must plays? DeAndre and Deshaun? Yes. Duke's probably... Yeah, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm questionable about everybody else. I mean, Duke Johnson, I'm, I'm playing Duke Johnson, even though you yeah. know, the, the Saints are a good defense. I think this still has potential to be a shootout. And with, with the Saints especially, the Saints are one of those weird teams that starts really slow every year. Like, re- remember last year they got blown up in the first two weeks, like back-to-back. Back. They lost that one game where... The, where Ryan Fitzpatrick just torched them. Yeah. That's that's a common thing. Like if you go back and look at the Saints over the years, that's a common thing for them early in the season. Their defense seems to struggle early on. The offense seems to take time to get going. So I think this could be a fun game. This could be a shootout. So I'm excited about that Monday night matchup. It's the highest uh, point scored uh, according to Bovada. It's the highest uh, total points going into yeah. this week at 52 and a half. Yeah, and there's and there's yeah there's there's reason to buy into that Inside. because. Because there's a, yeah, there's a lot of players on both sides of the ball for those teams. So I, I like that game a lot. I'm still trying to buy pieces in that game. So I think I'm still starting Duke Johnson in a lot of leagues. Yeah, for sure. But you certainly shouldn't be playing Carlos Hyde. No, get a, get rid of him. Transitioning from one washed up running back to another, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, as we already mentioned, oh, cut Lashawn McCoy. Uh, that oh, opens Frank. the door for. Well, I mean. The legendary Frank Gore, really. The you, uh, baby. That's that's who we're assuming. Oh, not but my... No. Yeah. The, the assumption is that rookie Devin Singletary, who is an exciting player, uh, sh- has shown some flashes early on. He's a rugby a, guy, right? Uh, a rugby guy? Wasn't he the rugby guy? They signed a rugby guy, right? That's not him, though. I don't know. Okay. I don't think that was him. <laughs> I know the Bills have a rugby guy. Uh, yeah, I feel like I remember reading that somewhere, he but probably got I cut. My don't bad. believe that was Devin Singletary because he was a Division One athlete <laughs> <That's right. laughs> who was very good. I think he was a third-round pick for the Buffalo uh, Bills. But Christian he's obviously – we we think that Devin Singletary, this is his backfield. 
to take over. Frank Gore is, you know, he he's just Ancient. Frank Gore. He's he's still trucking along. He's still gonna get you three and a half yards per carry. He's still gonna stay healthy somehow and play all sixteen games and maybe wind up with like four or five easy touchdowns. Maybe have a couple good games here and there. But the Bills cut LaShawn McCoy because they need Devin Singletary to contribute to this team. And he's an exciting player. Uh, I had two drafts over the weekend, and in both of those drafts, he was reached for significantly because LaShawn McCoy had been cut. I'm not willing to do that just yet. I understand the upside with him, but Buffalo does not have a good offensive line. They made some improvements in the offseason, but I still don't have much faith in that offense in general. And, you know, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe once he gets the opportunity, he comes out. He looks looks absolutely incredible. But he's not a guy that I am rushing to put in my lineup right away. I got to see something from Devin Singletary before I'm willing to risk that. Yeah, I'm also scared as hell that the fact that Josh Allen's a glorified running quarterback slash running back or quarterback. I think your guy, Ron the Show Hughley, calls him a running back. Um and I just don't understand, like, who's going to get more touches on the running game? Is it going to be Josh Allen or is it going to be Singletary? I just, I don't know. I mean, the way Josh Allen ran the ball last year, I'd assume they're going to try to stretch the field a little bit more this year with him. But am I wrong to think that he's going to be thinking run first, pass second still? Or is it is that changed? I mean, supposedly they've been working with him in the offseason. And that's why you know they tried to add to the offensive line. They added a bunch of wide receivers. Granted, not, not a bunch of Good wide receivers, but but serviceable guys like Cole Beasley is oh, everyone's God. Oh, preseason yeah. Buffalo wide receiver oh, who's yeah. going to be Josh Allen's top target. They've been raving about the rapport between him and Cole Beasley. You know, wrap together, camp. throw down some bars. Uh, Robert Foster was a guy who was incredible at the end of last season. I think he finished the season with like three straight games over 90 yards with Josh Allen. He looks like a guy who can just flat out burn. But he has been running with the second and third team a lot in preseason, so I don't think he's going to be a contributor, at least not right away. Cole Beasley. Um, Zay Jones, if you've got <laughs> any faith in Zay Jones. Hopefully he's not kicking receiver. out glass windows. I, The Bills offense, you'd expect the Bills offense to be pretty bad. That's Run tough. heavy, that's for sure. Yes, and so there's definitely opportunity for Devin Singletary. So if you find yourself in a situation where – you know, you drafted Tony Pollard banking on getting eight weeks out of Tony Pollard. Uh-uh. And you took a risk on a guy like Devin Singletary. Obviously, you have to insert that guy into your lineup. But if you've got some depth, if you've, you know, you can just put in a wide receiver at your flex or something like that, I'd rather see it from Devin Singletary first. It's for me, that team's going to struggle to put up points. Josh Allen is going to be running around a lot, doing what he did last year. He's going to have, I think Josh Allen's going to have some games here and there this season where he looks like a competent quarterback, but you can't just teach accuracy overnight. That guy is one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the right. NFL, and his legs saved him and bailed him out a lot last season. He's not going to be able to keep doing that. I understand that he's a freak athlete, but I got to see it from Devin Singletary first before I'm willing to just insert him into my lineup as a starter. But another guy rookie running back who I am willing to take that risk on who happens to be playing on Thursday night football mm. my guy David Montgomery shout out Iowa State David Montgomery is nasty you were big on this guy like week one preseason I yes. remember watching your Twitter handle I, I said months ago did you get him on your team in fantasy months ago post NFL draft I said this and Chiefs Twitter got very upset at me 
that if we're going to sit here and try to argue for Damian Williams to be a second-round pick in fantasy drafts, that I would take David Montgomery second round over him. He went second in our league. Yeah, he went second or early third in our league. And so that's been the trend. He was going like early on, like seventh, then he climbed to the sixth, then he climbed to the fifth. And then after people started seeing him in preseason, everybody's heaping this praise onto him for how, for how great he's looked. Then everybody's like, okay, this, this dude looks like a baller. I, and he's he's very comparable to Kareem Hunt, who his Kareem Hunt's rookie season with the Chiefs, I was very, very high on him because his skill set translates to the NFL really well. Very he's much. a thick guy who isn't the most explosive guy in the world, but he's got enough speed to beat you if you get him into the open field because he's impossible to tackle. David Montgomery's got the exact same type of physical profile. I absolutely love him Thursday night. I absolutely love him this season. I took him in a dynasty league. I probably reached on him. I probably would have reached on him in a a couple other leagues if he was available, but other people got him before I did. He is that type of guy that, as a rookie, I am banking on David Montgomery doing a ton of great stuff because he's got the skill set to be the number one running back in a very competent Matt Nagy offense. Yeah, Matt Nagy, uh, I think, what, he used Kareem Hunt in his first year, right? Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, used the running backs as well as he did. Goes to Chicago, he's got Mitchell Trubisky, who is a system-style quarterback. Chicago, they don't throw the ball deep a lot. They're not. That's not who they are. They use their running backs very much so, as they used Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen last year, so much so. And then now you throw in Montgomery, fresh legs, young kid, like a stud. I'm a cert on this one. Very high on Montgomery. I'm mad I didn't get him. Um, I was big on him, on Johnson, and uh, Nick Chubb. Those are my three big guys you can sleep on in fantasy football. And, uh, yeah, I'm big on that, too, because that Green Bay defense is not good. Uh, and the Green Bay defense has made some improvements this offseason to hopefully get better. They did. They added some guys up front. They added some pass rush. Uh, but their secondary is still a little questionable. They got a couple of young guys. But I'm curious to see how Tart Cohen is utilized because he he's a guy that, I don't know, you, you've called me a hater on Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey is an incredible player. He's he's amazing. I'm not saying Tariq Cohen's like Christian, Christian McCaffrey, RB1. but he's one of those guys who's similar to that that I've been hesitant for a long time to really commit to him being a legitimate guy that I got to go out and get in my in my fantasy roster. Like Christian McCaffrey obviously is that now. Now Tariq yeah. Cohen has never been that for me. And last season he was he was a good player. He was a serviceable player who caught passes, he's explosive, he can make plays in that offense. But they haven't had a guy like David Montgomery. Yeah. Like they like Matt Nagy yeah. said this week that they're pinching themselves at the at how special they think he can be as a player. Like when they took him in the third round of the NFL draft, I don't think they realized how good he was going to be. And I remember being at the draft in Nashville. I was like, that pick is awesome. That pick is going to pan out. And Tariq Cohen's going to have a role on third down and stuff like that because he's a really, really talented pass catcher. But he's, but he's, not, he's not a guy I was going out in a lot of my leagues and getting. And he's not a guy that I really want to start until I see how he fits in the offense with David Montgomery. Because Montgomery's going to get all the touches, right? That's, it's his, is, he the, is he the first I, and second down I, guy? It could be... 
Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. They, they have 100%. Mike Davis too, who's a serviceable yeah. running back who played for Seattle. And he, in Mike Davis, isn't a bad player. So I'm not. No, trying but to he's the guy that comes him. in on the long offensive drive on like yeah. second and four. Or yeah, something. when David yeah. Montgomery, yeah, on a on a 15 play drive where right. David Montgomery's got eight carries. That's all it. he's going to see. But Tariq Cohen, man, I mean, I think he's just a glorified scat back. Like he's got a lot of skill sets, but he's not he's not meant for heavy volume. Whereas. It's pretty clear Montgomery's going to be the guy that's going to get all the passes, all the checkdowns, all that. I mean, he's going to be the guy. And I, and I still think there's going to be situations where, you know, Kareem Hunt's rookie year, where for whatever reason, as inexplicable as it was, Charkandrick <laughs> West was in on third downs at the end of the games, even though from week one on, we saw Kareem Hunt when he caught that 75-yard touchdown pass or whatever in yeah. New England. We saw that he was capable of doing that. I think David Montgomery's got all of that potential too. But I do I still think they like Tyrek Cohen. I still think he's going to have a role in the offense. I'm just not deploying him in my lineup like he's a surefire starter every week until I see how that role is going to work out. Correct. But some of the other players in our Thursday night matchup, Allen Robinson, I'm really high on Allen Robinson this year. I still think Allen Robinson's a very talented player who hasn't lived You've up to his potential. You've always been high on Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson. They don't throw in the this year. Him. You're always high. Him. You're a big yes. Jags guy three yes. years ago. He is, a, he is a guy who, he's got a 1,400-yard season under his belt. Okay. He tore his ACL. He, coming back last year, it was first year in a new offense, coming back from an ACL tear, and he looked like maybe he had lost a little bit of explosion. I'm hoping he's a little bit healthier this year. And he, he was fighting some injuries last year. So I'm hoping that he is good to go this year. Second year in this offense, Mitch Trubisky is progressing as a passer, according to their head coach. So I'm hoping to get big things out of Allen Robinson this year. And we'll see a little bit more like we saw his second year in the league where he went off for that 1400 yards. Right. Uh, I, I like his matchup a lot on Thursday night. And I really like Anthony Miller too. Anthony Miller, second-year wide receiver for the Bears, built a strong rapport with Mitch Trubisky last year. He caught seven touchdowns. He got a ton of targets early in the year, but then back half of the season, his targets dropped to like just under two a game. I don't know if that was because of injury. He suffered with drops, too. But again, he's a second-year player who has been one of my big sleeper candidates all offseason. So I think I'm deploying both of those guys. Like not, not in the same lineup, but if you have an Allen Robinson, if you have an Anthony Miller... One, it's opening weekend of the NFL season. I just want some Thursday night action. Oh, yeah. So I'm probably putting guys in anyways. Or a little bit more than 24 hours. Yeah. So I'm still deploying Anthony Miller in my life. I've got him in one lineup right now. I love Anthony Miller. I've been talking about him on Joe and Vern a lot, and they keep making fun of me because they don't know who the hell he is. They you're will. gonna find you're gonna yeah. find out who Anthony Miller is. The other thing that's good about Anthony Miller and um uh your boy, Allen Robinson, is that Trey Burton is is resting a hamstring. And they said he would yes, be like he is questionable. Yeah, and he's their number one tight end now. Um ever since Zach Miller just completely destroyed his knee, which is one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen. Uh but Trey Burton is a is is nursing a hamstring or a quad injury, I believe, from what Matt Nagy said. Um but he's questionable for Thursday night's game. Short weeks suck when you have injuries like this. So take Serta's advice, Montgomery, um, uh, Allen Robinson, and um, use those guys to your advantage. I think that the Green Bay defense, like you, you're a little bit more higher on Green Bay's defense than I am. I think this is going to be a shootout. I honestly do. I think that the first week, uh, I think defenses move a little bit slower. Maybe that's the opposite for some, but I just think that, you know, figure out people's schemes, but. Also, if you want to switch sides real quick on the Green Bay side, um, 
I feel like you're really high on Aaron Jones. I feel like a lot of people are high. You're not high on Aaron I'm Jones? I'm not high on Aaron oh, okay, Jones Okay, then you and I are the only two at in the entire not, world. Not, at least not in this game. Then we're the only two. Of course, it's the Bears defense. You and I are the only two in the entire world then that are not high on Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones is a guy that everybody said you have to take him this year. He's a new offensive and a running back for a new offense. But I just don't get it. I mean, I get that you have to start Aaron Rodgers. You have to start Devontae Adams. Other than that, I don't see any other Green Bay players that you should absolutely start. Well, but I understand. Jimmy Graham? With Aaron Jones, <laughs> I, I understand the preseason love. I understand the hype because we've seen with him, he is explosive. Uh, Green Bay hasn't had a great running back in a really long time. It seems like Aaron Rodgers has never had a great running back, which is hard to believe when a lot of times these guys are interchangeable and they've just had horrific running backs. Aaron Jones seems like he could be the best one that he has had, but he just hasn't had that large sample size and he's had injury issues. Right. He's explosive. He's talented. I like him. I've got him in one league, actually, that I'm co-managing a team with my friend. Oh. We've got Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida on that roster. Mm. And I told him I think I would start Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida this week. Just handcuff him? Over playing Aaron Jones. I'll put them both in my lineup. Oh, okay. Because they're going against Tampa Bay, That's who was one of the absolute worst defenses in the NFL last season. They have made zero improvements for the most part <laughs> to that defense. They don't have Jason Pierre-Paul. Like, I think that Kyle Shanahan's going to scheme up a ton of stuff. One... I think that I would I would invest more stock in Matt Breida over Tevin Coleman throughout the season because Matt Breida has just looked much, much better than Tevin Coleman during the preseason. But I think that those guys are both serviceable guys that you can start week one against a terrible Tampa Bay team. And so I would rather play both of them than play Aaron Jones against the Bears, who were the number one run defense in the NFL last season, because... Again, it's a new offense for the Packers. I don't have a ton of faith in Aaron Jones just yet. I want to see it from him first. He's incredible. I'm just not one of those Aaron Jones truthers that's going to come out here and say he's my day one RB1 in my lineup because I'm not ready to make that type of commitment to Correct, him. Yeah. And he was a guy that I was avoiding in a lot of drafts. Like The only reason I have him in, th- in this league is because by the time it got to me, there was no other running backs on the board that I really liked, so I just took Aaron Jones because it was like the fifth round and I needed a running back. Right, and he was the best available pick. Yeah, and right. at that point, there there was slim pickings, and I needed a running back. I loaded up on wide receivers because everybody else was taking running backs super early in that right, league. Yeah. And so I'm honestly, I would play both 49ers running backs this weekend over playing Aaron Jones on Thursday night, but I still think that you're playing Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. We saw it when they played week one last season. Aaron Rodgers came back and wound up beating them. But yeah. then later on in the season when the Bears played them, I it was a it was a Packers banged up done. It was a banged up Packers team that, you know, yeah, they weren't in contention. They weren't they weren't going anywhere. The fire was started inside. And that was the worst game that Aaron Rodgers has ever had against the Bears. Yeah, in like, his career he's got forty five touchdowns, but ten these interceptions. Teams, these teams still know each other very well. Aaron Rodgers is at more of an advantage probably than the Bears defense. Because the Bears haven't seen this offense like yet that. with a new head coach. Exactly. And he's allowed to audible. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they haven't seen Matt LaFleur's offense yet, so they don't really know what they're what they're walking into. But Aaron's already seen that Bears defense. Oh, and oh, yeah. they don't have Vic Fangio in that defense anymore. So Aaron's gonna find ways to exploit that defense. 
I still like Devontae Adams, of course, sure. even even in a, a brutal matchup against a really, really good Bears secondary. Uh I kind of like Jimmy Graham, I guess. Uh, Projected like eight point one. I, I would rather I would rather start Geronimo Allison or Marquez Valdez Scantling, who I actually love. I did try to take him in a bunch of drafts. I didn't get him in any league because he always went a little bit before I was willing to. I pick feel like him. you just like him because you like to say his name. I just I, I like him. He's a, he's a <laughs> legitimate deep threat. I, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers has had a guy who can burn a defense like him. Since Jordy Nelson's like younger days, but, like, like he's really like he's that fast. He's explosive. Supposedly in training camp, he built a really good rapport with Aaron Rodgers. So he was a guy that I was actually targeting a lot. And Allison, I, I was going for Scantling over Allison in most drafts. Allison was a guy that we saw some flashes last year, but he's had a bunch of injury problems and he's still banged up right now. I don't really have any faith that he's going to be healthy all year. But I do like Marquez Valdez Scantling a lot. Obviously, you're playing. Devonte Adams, obviously, you're going to play Aaron Rodgers, and what should what should be a fun Thursday night football matchup to kick the season. I mean, it's a great rivalry. You have a lot of action. You should have a lot of those players. Somebody's got definitely has the Bears defense. Somebody has Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devonte Adams, all the above. Um, I just have to say this because I get a lot of questions about this when people have like Aaron Rodgers, but they have also got. Philip Rivers on their team, or they have Aaron Rodgers and they have Jameis Winston, and you look at the over-under in the in the Tampa Bay New Orleans game, you think to yourself, well, last year, not they don't play each other to start off, but I'm saying when you look at last year's game, it was Fitzpatrick who lit everybody up with that offense, and you look at Bruce Arians with Jameis Winston as a bench player. If you have Aaron Rodgers and he's playing the Bears, it doesn't matter if he's playing the Bears, the Vikings, anybody's best defense, you start Aaron Rodgers. 45 touchdowns, 10 interceptions in his career versus the Chicago Bears. He only threw two interceptions last year, yet he only threw 25 touchdowns. But Aaron Rodgers and that team, they got it for you. Dusty? Yeah. We'll talk again. Hopefully uh, we'll have some success on Thursday night football as the NFL season gets underway. Uh, Make sure you guys tune in Sunday morning, 9 a.m., Fantasy Football Sunday. Let's do this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.